everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Entree Pastors Podcast. Today we are continuing a little mini-series. Yesterday I think I said it was going to be a three-part series, and honestly guys, I think I'm just going to extend this into next week, and uh, we're going to make this a five-part series, because I'm labeling five issues that have come about as a result of the model of the full-time professional vocational pastor. So I'm titling these episodes, Challenging the Model of the Full-Time Pastor, and this is going to be part two. And again, just a quick recap in case you haven't been uh, staying up with us. All I'm trying to present in these little mini-series of episodes right now is this concept that while there's nothing inherently wrong with the traditional model of pastoring, Uh, as we've known it to be, there are some problems that I believe it has created for pastors. I have been saying for a long time, there's something broken about the model we call church. And again, it goes beyond just pastoring, but let's start with the leaders. And the way that we are showing up as pastors, there's something broken about it. Why do you say that, John? Well, because we have thousands of pastors quitting the ministry every year. And Much of the time, it is not healthy when they quit. It's not a healthy, successful transition from one season into another one. It is often accompanied with utter defeat and discouragement and disillusionment and unhealthy sickness, mental sickness, physical sickness, emotional sickness. I mean, at times, in extreme cases, you see pastors abandoning their faith altogether or even taking their lives in some cases it's there's something wrong there's something broken and i want to be a part of the solution and so i'm not saying that this new model that we're kind of championing at entree pastors we just call it the entree pastor model that frees pastors up to be out in the marketplace doing additional things in addition to pastoring um you know i'm not saying that solves all the problems but i'm trying to point out where it helps answer some of the issues that we see so let me label another one in today's episode so here's another reality that the the model of full-time vocational professional pastoring has created i believe this model encourages unrealistic and let me add unbiblical expectations sit on that word for a moment expectations that a congregation places upon their full-time pastor. So the reasoning goes like this. Hey, pastor, because you are full-time, since you are full-time, we pay your full-time salary. A lot of church people hear in that word full-time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, said in other words, hey, pastor, we own you. Now, very few churches would actually come out and, and say it in those direct of words, and yet those expectations are right there. They are felt. They are implied. Sometimes they're spoken out loud by our boards or by you know certain complainers in the church. I, I like to call her Gladys. Uh, she's kind of the caricature. It has been on my podcast for years. Gladys represents you know the the crotchety dodgy old church member uh, that gripes and complains about everything. But in some cases, Gladys is toxic and uh, Deacon Dale is her partner in crime. And, you know, they've got power. They they have um, influence in the church. They, they control uh, certain decisions that get made and they can stand in the way of, of progress and leadership decisions being made. They can be a thorn in the side of a pastor who's trying to lead a congregation. You all know who Gladys is. Her, may, her name might not actually be Gladys, but y'all know who Deacon Dale is. You've encountered these 
profiles of people along the way. And those expectations are there, even when they're not coming from a a mean spirit. Sometimes they are absolutely toxic, and I'm going to get to that here before we're done today. Um, but, But a lot of times it's just church as normal business. This is how it runs. Pastor, you kind of belong to us. You're our full-time guy. That's why we pay you the $30,000 big full-time salary. And as a result, we have some expectations about how you spend your time, about how your family functions and operates, about uh, your money, and we get to speak into that. We get to speak into a lot of things because, Pastor, we kind of own you. And I'm here today to say on this brief episode, Pastor, are you listening? Please turn up the radio right now. Please turn up your your AirPods, your phone, whatever. Turn up the volume because I have something really important to say. Are you listening? Say yes. Okay, good. Pastor, your church does not own you. You are a servant of the Most High God. He has called you. You belong to him. You do not belong to your board. You do not belong to your congregation. And I I hope you love them. I know this is going to sound like I don't like church people. I, I love church people. I'm so grateful for the people I get to serve and lead. I'm so grateful for all of the most, most all of the people that I've had the privilege of leading and serving over the years in pastoral ministry. Um, I'm not, this isn't coming from a place of bitterness, but I want to encourage you. I want to instill courage in you. I want to empower you. And I want you to know your church does not own you. You belong to God. Serve your church to the best of your ability in this season, but can I just let you in on something? The time is coming that you are not going to be their pastor anymore. It might be 45 years down the road from now. It might be 45 days. I don't know. But there, there is a season coming that you will no longer be the pastor of this group of people. And I want you to have a healthy understanding of who you are and, and what that actually means to be their pastor. And one part of that healthy understanding is that they do not own you. They do not get to control your time. Now, obviously, with employment, there are certain agreements that are made and spelled out, and we need to look at that. Maybe you signed up for some things that need to be renegotiated. Much of the time, that didn't actually happen. Much of the time, you just agreed to come and be their pastor, and a lot of the expectations are unspoken. And it's high time we rethink some of those expectations. So when I talk about the church not being able to control your time, obviously there are some results that you are agreeing to produce as a part of your condition to employment with the church. So I'm not saying like you're totally unaccountable with your time. I'm just saying you have the right to set your schedule, to set your boundaries, to define how and when you're going to show up and serve and the ways in which you're going to serve. And your church doesn't get to control your time. Your church doesn't get to control your family and speak with controlling ways into how you're going to lead and, and live and operate inside of your family. And yet churches try. They, they'd like to think they have that uh, power in some cases, not all. And I hope I'm not describing your church, but I know based on the hundreds of hours of coaching that I've done with pastors in in my time and just my experience growing up in a pastor's home and being around this thing my entire life, I know I'm speaking to some of you right now. You have a church that believes they own you. They want to control your time, your family, and your money. And I'm here to tell you your church doesn't control your, your money or the decisions you make about your money. Now, I know they have a big say in your salary, and I often, you know, kind of call out that cliche joke in Christian circles where churches say, God, you keep our pastor humble, we'll keep him poor. 
We'll get to that in an upcoming episode soon where we identify another issue with full-time pastoring, and that's you know what we've come to accept as pay for that full-time vocation, but I'm not going to go there today. But I want like here's what I mean. Let me tell you a couple quick stories when I think about churches, what it looks like for churches to think and kind of have these expectations that they get to dictate what happens in a pastor's financial situation. One I'll even share as personal, just kind of popped into my head. Uh, let me go there first because this is a more minor one. But guys, when I planted my church years ago, uh, planted the church in 2004. You know, we we raised our financial support much like any missionary. We went around and kind of raised temporary financial support on a monthly basis, and the goal was to work ourselves out of that as we planted a church that became self-supporting. And with God's help, we were able to do that. And there was a season when we were kind of weaning off of that um, external financial support, and and the church, my, the church that we had planted, was really starting to step into my salary and go, okay, we're really going to support our pastor now fully financially. Well, the years leading up to that, I was working uh, as a little uh, part-time school bus driver. I wasn't a little school bus driver. I drove the big bus. Okay. Anyway, um, I I had income from bus driving and it was a pretty flexible gig. I'd do an hour in the morning and then late afternoon do another hour and made a little bit extra money a month for my family uh, through that. And it was needed, necessary income. When the day came that we transitioned to where my church fully supported us, I had a couple guys around me on my leadership team who just assumed that they were said, well, okay, so you're not going to drive a bus now, right? And I was like, uh, yeah, time out on that. Yes, I'm going to keep driving a bus. I kind of like having that extra income for my family. And there was a bit of contention there with us for a moment. To be fair to them, it was not, as we talked, I realized it was not coming from a a bad place in their hearts. They thought they were setting me free. Like, oh, you're free. You don't have to do that now. You can just, you know, take our paycheck and and be done. And and that's enough. But there was that sense of they got to speak. They felt like they could speak into my life in that way. And boy, they they met resistance quickly. And we got through it. And, and these guys were friends of mine. And uh, I, I love them to this day. So it was not, there was not animosity there. But it just is interesting you know, these guys are farmers and running their own businesses. And I'm like, in what world would they let someone else sit on a board of their farm and tell them how to operate? And yet in the local church, that's how we roll with things, man. Like it's so broken that that takes me down a whole different issue of how we've structured our churches for leadership that just often bring more conflict than, than, uh, progress. But different podcast for a different day. But that's one personal one where it's like I had people who cared about me but kind of wanted to speak into my life um, financially. Guys, I could go story after story. I'll share two more that come to mind. One is uh, very recently I was talking with a pastor um, who his board, basically he was making a a very small amount, part-time salary, but they called it full-time. He's working 40, 50, 60 hours a week in that. And he also had another full-time job um, that, and I'm not going to give any details away to, to, you know, I don't want to reveal who this person is, but the church, his board basically sat down with him and said, listen, we want you to quit this other job because we don't have any control over it. We want you to take a job because we can't pay you what you need to be paid. We know that. um, But we want to speak into the job that you have because we want to have a level of control over that. They literally said that out loud to their pastor. Now this is a toxic environment. And, um, 
it, and you know, I won't go deep into my conversation, but I, I essentially was asking this guy, how quick can you, you know, put in your two week notice to this church? And by the way, in that instance, here's what my two week notice sounds like. Are you ready? Hey guys, two weeks from now, you're going to notice that I haven't been here for the last two weeks. I know that's kind of funny. I heard a comedian say that once, but seriously, I'm like, bro, that and some other details he shared, like you are in a toxic situation and I want you out of here as quickly as you can. One other story that pops into my head is I recently uh, heard uh, from a pastor who basically was talking about he had to go to his board of deacons or elders and get their permission. Are, Are you ready for this, guys? To put a house on in the rental market that he owned, like the pastor owned this house. It did not belong to the church. It was his house, an additional home that he had that he had come into through kind of an inheritance type of a situation. And he was wanting to get into some real estate rental income. And he had to get permission from his church board to do that. See, that's what I'm talking about. Where do we get that? Where where do we get this idea that because I'm a full-time pastor, I have to have a group of deacons or elders approve me to be involved in the marketplace with something personal property of mine that I own that has nothing to do with the church. That's what I'm talking about when I when I point to this model encouraging unrealistic and unbiblical expectations that a congregation often places upon their quote-unquote full-time pastor. So how does the entree pastor model address this issue? Well, briefly, I'll just say this. When your church recognizes that you've got other income from other places, that you also have other priorities, and when they just, whether they like it or not, I'm, I'm not real concerned with whether or not Gladys likes the fact that you have a business of your own that's bringing income into your family that's beyond the church. I, I want Gladys to be supportive of it. I want her to see how healthy it is, but even if she doesn't, I'm not real concerned about that. When your church recognizes that, man, my pastor is not just the pastor of this church. That's not the only thing that they do. They just have to come to terms with the fact that we actually don't control our pastor. And uh, I love hearing the stories of pastors who are thriving in the marketplace because they have very healthy uh, arrangements, very healthy boundaries in the churches that they serve. And so I just wanted to share that. One last word. I said I was going to mention something about toxic churches, and then we'll wrap this thing up. I've been on record many times in the past, and I'll say it again. I said it to this pastor recently in a coaching conversation. I dream of the day that is soon coming, and and it can't get here soon enough, in my opinion, that a church that is toxic like the one I just described, and I I only shared a little detail. There's so much more I could have shared about that story and countless others that I've heard. My prayer is that the day is soon coming that that profile of a toxic church that has a long history of chewing up and spitting out their pastors and abusing them, that that church will no longer be able to find a pastor to come and lead them and sign up for that abuse. Because I would hope that through things like entree pastors and and other uh, people that are out there doing this type of work, that we can help open the eyes of many, many pastors to go, guys, there's a better way. You don't have to sign up for that. That that does not have to be what ministry looks like, where you are constantly kowtowing to a group of people who think they own you because they give you this quote-unquote full-time salary of Forty thousand dollars a year. They don't own you, and uh, this is not a, me trying to instill a bad attitude in the heart of pastors. Um, but I want to instill courage in you. 
So guys, let me wrap up this episode to just say this quick reminder as we're midweek here that um, if you are thinking about one of those spots that we've got for our business builders 30-day experience, where it's basically a 30-day free trial offer to jump in and have full access to everything inside of our business builders community, those spots are filling up quickly. If you want to sign up for one, please reach out to me, John, J-O-N, at entrepastors.com. And uh, let's have a conversation. If it's a good fit, I will be glad to give you one of those spots if they're still available at the time of uh, this podcast going live. So thanks for being with us this, uh, I almost said this week, it's today. Thanks for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow to continue this little series. See you then.